Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Talking League podcast. We are very excited to be starting this adventure and look forward to many more. My name is Shane Campbell and alongside me is my co-host Ashton Lima. Ashley, how are you doing today? No, I'm good in you, Shane. Yes, it's exciting with this new thing we're doing and I hope all the listeners out there follow our journey and listen to what we've got to say. Absolutely, 100%. And in saying that, I think let's just jump straight into it with our first topic of discussion. Liverpool. Are they winning the league this season? I wouldn't say it like as early as it, oh, I wouldn't say it like at this point of time because I think it's too early to say. I think maybe even Man City, Arsenal especially. I know they did bottle yesterday by losing to Sheffield United. But I think also with Leicester and Watford, Watford can still make a comeback. I know they're quite like low in the league, especially Everton and Newcastle. But I think they're strong teams still, and um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I think, I mean, the fact that they have, are six points clear already, Liverpool, um, is, is a positive side for them. Um, I think we could better assess it maybe yeah. come Christmas time and that's when we can see, because we're almost halfway through the league then. But I mean, already early days, six points clear. They don't look to lose to any team, except for on Sunday when they played, let's be honest, a weakened Man United yeah. side. I, I don't know, I, I expected more from it. Um, but so. yeah, United did put up quite a strong front as well. So I don't know. Look, it's it's early days. We can't exactly say, but I don't know if they're going to lose to anyone this season. To be honest with you, I think that you know there's a lot of teams that are still going. I think like let's say for Wolves example, um, they did start off with a, a weak start, but I think with the likes of Man City, they did lose Laporte, and the thing is, he was uh, one of their solid centre backs, busy getting those clean sheets going on and stuff. And now the thing is, if you put Fernandinho, which is a CDM back into a centre-back position, obviously it's going to be a different gameplay. So I think that City still getting to a stronger point, but I think also with Kevin De Bruyne back, they can adjust. And the thing is, last season, I wouldn't say they were lucky, I just think they were missing resources, even though they won the league, but the thing is, De Bruyne wasn't there, and this season he can distribute. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and that was the next point I was going to go on to. Um, I was going to ask you, what do you think happened to City this season? And you mentioned it there, putting Fernandinho into centre-back. Now, for as long as he's been playing at City and Pep's been in charge yeah. he's been a, a pivotal player for Pep in his system um, sure. controlling that midfield you know what he's going to do he's going to break up play he's not going to do any of the fancy work that's up to yeah. the Silvers the Bruyners of the team but moving him out of that midfield I think has taken a lot away from City uh, the yeah, energy nice. maybe as well and yeah look they've been dealt a bit of an injury blow but possibly they could even revert to a back three because Kyle Walker can play in a back three. I know he's oh, done sure. it. He does it for England, but I don't know. He, he didn't play the last game of my right in Saint Walker. Yeah, Walker didn't play the last game. I think Joao Cancelo from Juventus, that, that big signing. That's right. Left. Yeah. I think if they did play three, then maybe they can be Joao Cancelo on the left because he is versatile. From Valencia, when he used to play there, he was the left back. And the yeah. thing is, when he went to Juventus, they moved into a right back, and then that's where Pep saw. His true talent, but I think Kyle Walker can also be versatile, like you saw at Tottenham. Yeah, he was sometimes left back or right back. Yeah, so the thing is, um, they can play through at the back, and I think you know, John Stones can also be a pivotal part because I did see that um, Pep did sub him quite a lot. But the thing is, he should play more. And the thing is, if City want to be up there and get those clean sheets going, they also have to play Stones just to uh, spice up the team. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I mean, look, Pep's ultimate goal is to win the Champions League with City I mean he's won the league now and obviously he wants to do that again but I wonder if his focus hasn't also maybe shifted to the Champions League this season I do think so um, 
I don't know. You don't want to say players don't want to win something because they wanted to really. That's absolute nonsense. Yeah. But I do think there's been a shift in mindset and they're putting more resources and energy into the Champions League. They've got a good chance to get out of their group this yeah, year um, so. and progress further as well with that. So we'll just have to continue to follow their progress as well. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the next topic is a controversial one is VAR. Um, VAR. VAR. <laughs> Is it good? Is it bad? Is it ugly? Is it beautiful? What do you think? I want to actually, I actually quite like um, VAR. It's like much. You either love it or you hate it. <laughs> and the thing is, with VAR, um, people won't like it. But personally, I think it's the official's problem. I don't think it's really the assistant referee with bad decisions because it's up to the ref at the end of the day. And if it's a 50-50 choice, obviously it's going to go straight to the referee to decide. And the thing is, with VAR, at least you have that extra help, extra footage, extra you know support in, in case yeah. you know there's a bad decision. But I also think that with the handballs coming in, where even if it just touches you, it's you know straight away it's a foul. But the thing is, it should be in a way where you can predict if it's going to be a correct decision or not. And the thing is, VAR is there to support that predict, you know, uh, not predict, but more or less give a correct or accurate answer, you know. Yeah. What is your thoughts? Um, you know, being a Spurs fan, we've seen the good and the bad side <laughs> of VAR already. Um, but you know what? I've seen it work in cricket. It works in rugby. Yeah. It can work in football. My only idea of thinking would be that the referee, the on-field referee should be able to have a look at the replay. For sure. Because he's trusting another referee's interpretation of what he's seen. And I think that's maybe where the, we, we're getting a little bit of a lag and a gap in the, the VAR VAR use. Yeah. Um, so maybe if they could introduce that, I don't know how much more time that's going to take out of the game because you also want to keep it flowing. Exactly. Um, in all fairness, it's a bit of a difficult one because now every goal that is scored, it's, it been is, it's, it's been reviewed. Now, if a ref has to run to the sideline to go and check it out, number one, he's going to run out of energy. For sure. <laughs> and that's a lot of running, especially in high-scoring games. And number two, yeah. it's going to take a lot of time and tempo. Already we've seen it now. When teams are scoring, yeah. they're hesitant with their celebrations because they know oh, it's going to go back exactly. and check for handballs, fouls. We saw it last night. It does, yeah. Uh, we saw it on Sunday. So, yes, I do believe it's good. I think they just need to refine it a little bit. They should. They should. Um, and you as a City fan, I thought you'd actually be upset with that because I remember Spurs <laughs> oh, walking no, Spurs. away oh, no, with that 2-2 draw that. because of that handball. <laughs> and that, that's actually another point on yeah. the VAR that I'd like to mention is if the attacker touches the ball in the box, yeah. automatically it's not a goal. Whether it was accidental purpose, For it's sure. not a goal. Yeah. However, if it touches the defender's hand by accidental, it's not a penalty. Which, yes, I agree on. But you can't have it the one way for an attacker and a different way for a defender. Exactly. It has to be equal. Absolutely. You'd feel quite hard done by. But then again, I don't know. I, I think it's, this year is going to be a teething phase for VAR. And they're going to sure. have to just see where it's going to go. But yeah, that's just my thinking on it. I think so. Yeah, and then I'm going to go jump straight into Spurs. <laughs> um I'm obviously a Spurs fan, but I want to hear from other people that aren't Spurs fans. Yeah. What do you think has gone wrong this season with Spurs? Is it the players? Is it the manager? Is it the board not backing the manager with the players he wants? I don't know. What do you think? I think you can look at it at both perspectives. I think with the manager, we know Poch has been a very good person to motivate, upgrade, to to bring in the weakest players and make it into superb, you know, world-class players. And the thing is, I wouldn't blame Poch to say because the thing is, if you look at what he's done for the club and what yep. he has to do in the future for the club, I think he can provide more. You know, his potential is still there. But he has been there for quite a while. And, you know, if they bring in, like, let's say, Allegri from Juventus that just, you know, left there. Mm. And now, obviously, sorry, he's replaced him. But the thing is, 
they're saying that if you had the resources and all that, you can win Champions League. So why not give it to Poch now? And the thing is, players, if you had to look at a player's perspective, if you look at, um, let's say, for the likes of Ericsson, now Ericsson obviously wants to move to Real Madrid. Yeah. And now, obviously, if he has that feeling, he won't really want to play as much because he knows he's going to leave. Yeah. And so is quite a lot of players. Like, let's say, even Lucas Moura this season. I don't know if he's performing as well as he did last season. Because yeah. even with Champions League, he did, you know, he did amazing wonders. Yeah, he was magic. <laughs> he was magic. And also, like, the likes of the defence, you know. And if you look at the age with the defence and the mid and the attack, and it's been like it for the like most of the seasons, they haven't really refreshed the team, you know. Yes. They did bring in, like, let's say, the new left-back. Um, uh, Ryan Sessignon. Yes, Ryan Sessignon. And the thing is, that's like one or two players, you know. If you had to sell Ericsson, obviously you can bring more people or, you know, scout more players. But the thing is, with players wanting to leave, obviously they're not going to perform as well because they're not going to show their true potential. But then you look at Hazard and you look at Courtois where they had a stunning season and then they flopped in another league. And yeah, I think Ericsson, I wouldn't say he would flop, but the thing is, you know, we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the Ericsson part because... As, as far as what we've heard and understand, obviously Ericsson made it very clear he was open to a move. Yeah. Uh, we did try and move him. Unfortunately, there was any there was no bids coming in because they know his contract runs out at the end of the season, so they're going to exactly. get him on a free. In saying that, I don't know if it's just maybe my way of thinking in a corporate world, but I would bring it back to football and say, if you want to move to a bigger club, yeah. and in all respect, Real Madrid is a massive club. They're much bigger than Spurs. Sure. That player surely should be playing his heart out at Spurs exactly. to make him so irresistible that Real Madrid can't even think twice not for to come sure. and get him because right now Real Madrid look at him now and think are we going to prepare a bit for him in January mm, I don't know he hasn't looked very good he hasn't also, looked very good no. you know that's the worry with players uh, running down their contract and not performing well exactly. um, another one I've rated Fatongan extremely highly Same as a, me, as a centre back he's, so. he's never been gifted with pace but he's been gifted with the awareness of where to position himself and For he's sure. also just looked a little bit out of it this season maybe he possibly wants to move as well Toby same yeah, Toby same and well. Fatongan were phew, what a Power. partner yeah, what a partnership sure. especially Ajax absolutely and coming through yeah they've, they've had two or three good seasons together but this year we it's almost like the whole team just looks a bit stale at the moment exactly. and you know, the players can come out and they can tweet and Instagram, oh, you know, we're, we're going to try harder and we need a, we're going to start putting actions. But you know what the thing is? It's all good and well to talk it. You guys yeah. need to start performing. And exactly. I, I never say players go out there not to try. Don't get me wrong. I think they go out there and maybe when we concede a goal early, which has happened a hell of a lot lately, that's when their heads drop. For sure. And I think that's what's become a big problem with us is we don't have the passion now to go and fight back and get back in the game. One exactly. or two of them, absolutely yes. Harry Winks, oh, that, that boy just bleeds Tottenham at the moment and he's exactly. pushing every button that's correct, but you need 11 players to be doing that. And For sure. And like I think, you say, Poch has done a good job, so yeah. wouldn't say him not a chance. I also think that, you know, those days Poch used to have a, a press, you know, a certain type of press, mm. and there was a lot of energy and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. And especially with the age, like if you look at the age of the team, like I mentioned, mm. Um, the age is quite different so if you look at Man United they're quite younger if you look even though they're not having a good season but if you look at like City they're they're very young and the thing is you know two or three old players in City but then like let's say for Tottenham a lot of them are over like 25, 26, they're the third or fourth oldest squad in the league at the moment now and that's I think that's one of the contributions that they need to do where they have to bring new young fresh talent and the thing is Tottenham is not having that passion like you said with also with pressing with a certain type of passing with a certain type of attacking you know defending as well but 
you know, maybe even Louise, you know. Yeah. He's, he's performing well, but the thing is, you need him having a break more or less once or twice, you know, yeah. per game, per, per season, you know. And the thing is, you can't have him there every single game. You can't have, you know, let's say even um, Harry Kane, you know, refreshing up the team, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Now, that's true. And look, Louise is out now. <laughs> For yeah. at least the rest of the season with that sure. dislocated elbow, so maybe that did him a bit of a world of good because he was actually struggling with form. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it was terrible to see, but maybe it came as a blessing in disguise. Did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she flipped. But and, you know, another thing, like you say, that the energy Spurs were renowned for that energy, and Liverpool have main managed to maintain that now for three, four yeah. seasons where they play a hard press. And it's not the be-all and end-all football. Yes, you're not gonna if everyone plays hard press, you're not gonna win games. Absolutely, yeah. but you've got the right players sticking to a game tactic set up by the manager exactly it's going to come good eventually and I just feel like we may be just a little bit lost at the moment hopefully we can come good I know Spurs are playing in Champions League tonight so for sure so hopefully they you know perform <laughs> yeah look it possibly could be a variable uh, a very terrible night once again but nonetheless we, we carry on with that yeah for sure is there anything else that you had on your mind that you wanted to bring forward as well I think maybe even Man United season so far what did you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I think we can definitely touch on that um, yeah I- I've been following a lot about Man United's story because it's such a decline at the moment they, exactly. they were unbeatables they were just so terrifying to play against and Fergie, yeah, oh, absolutely and you always knew Fergie time was coming there was going to be goals late on in the game that doesn't happen anymore Exactly. They've just lost the drive. I mean, if you've got guys like Jesse Lingard in the team, what are you actually trying to achieve? Is he a professional footballer? Absolutely. Yeah. He's a million times better than what I'll ever be. But man, oh man, <laughs> that guy should concentrate on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever no. he does because he's not a footballer in my opinion. For sure. I don't know. Well, also, do. I, I would contradict, but the thing is, um, they're relying too much on him. You know, he's still young. I think he's 21 years old. Or no, Lingard. He's 26. I mean, not Lingard. I mean Rashford. Oh, Rashford. Rashford, yeah. Rashford. But I think Lingard, Lingard, uh, I don't know. I think he needs a chance for, you know, maybe Everton or maybe even Southampton. I, you know? I don't even think they've even tried a bit for him. What does that say <laughs> about the player? For sure. We haven't heard stories of anyone's like, yes, we're off the Lingard. I mean, <laughs> you, you think he would do well in a yeah. team like that. But for sure. why aren't they trying to buy him? And exactly. why are you not keeping him there? He's absolutely beyond me it's, yeah. it, it could be you know it's football's become about business yeah he has so many millions and millions of followers on Instagram and that's what I mentioned earlier yeah it's brand awareness for United so they continue to get money from that his shirts will continue to sell even though he's not a good football he's got a brand awareness and I think maybe that's why they also keep players there because it makes business sense not exactly. because it's run like a football club it's run like a business at the end of the day so for I think sure. that could be it but United as a whole <laughs> I know. I would. I would run it up where I think a lot of players have this ego, you know, like the likes of Pogba sure. and you know Rashford. Rashford could be one of them, but at the same time, he does want to show what he has. Mm-hmm. Even though you know they're relying too much on because like Lukaku left now, and the thing yeah. is, that's a massive blow. That's like selling, you know, one of your best strikers. I know he didn't perform as well as such as all. But he scored goals. But he scored goals, and that's what yeah. the club needs. That's how you win games. And the thing is, if you don't have that resource or that main guy just mm. scoring at least once or twice a game. Yeah. You know, how are you going to get the points? How are you going to get, you know? Yeah, he was getting 15 goals or so, 15 to 20 goals a season. Was he a great player? No. Was he the right fit for United? Absolutely not. For sure. But he was those goals. So they sold him, fair enough. We, yeah. we get why you might have sold him. 
Who did you replace him with? No one. Exactly. So what do you expect? Now you're saying to Rashford, you're going to go and be our main striker and you're going to lead the line for United and play every game. You're not going to get injured. It's an exactly. absolute shambles. I mean, I'm not even a United fan by all means. Yeah. But it's sad to see that a team can be destroyed just by business decisions and not even by footballing decisions. Exactly. And I also think that, you know, Man United as a whole, it's like one of the biggest clubs in the world, if you yeah. have to say, for fans and for... You know, I wouldn't say like with Arsenal and stuff like that, but I mean, like if you think of passionate fans as well and stadium and everything, you'll just see Man United fans all over the show. And the thing is, with Man United, I also think I wouldn't blame Ole. Would you? Would you blame Ole at all? You, you know what? He's a fan favorite for the club. I know he's a legend of the club. Um, I do think he's a little bit in over his head at the moment. Look, yeah. he hasn't got a great squad to work with. But he's not the man to go and turn that squad around or to try and get the best out of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think he, he could be a mouthpiece for the club. He hasn't said anything wrong, like Mourinho used to say, straight out. If <laughs> he didn't get transfers, or whatever. He was openly against the club at all times. For sure. Where Ole, he's just, you know, he's Ole at the wheel. He's happy to exactly. just be just at the club. I think, I think it's a privilege for him to be managing there. For I don't sure. think he's the right man for the club, I also, I also think they made a mistake of sacking Mourinho. What did you say? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, look, I, I've always called him Moan Rino because that's all he does. He he absolutely moans, and when his team loses, it's because there's some conspiracy. The refs are against him, the linesmen's yeah. against him. There's always something. <laughs> However, he is a proven manager that wins titles. He wins trophies for sure. But he does a three-year cycle. Yeah, I know. After three, three years, years he, he's out. So. Yeah, I, I don't think he, he would have, should have stayed longer at United personally, but yeah. I think they just rushed the, the Oli decision. They shouldn't have made him permanent yet. Exactly. Um, because that's when the decline started. Once they made him permanent, the results started dropping. I think the players got complacent. And I think, from what I've heard in con- uh, conferences, and that the way he refers to players is by nicknames. Yeah. Now, as a coach, you, you've got to be quite stern. You've got to be friends exactly. with the guys, but you've got to also have that you got to be able to turn it off and to call them like rashy and things like that. I, I don't I know. know. Maybe it's just me being hypercritical with the situation. But for sure, like as big as it is, you should be a bit more professional with Absolutely. your names and players. And the thing is, yeah. like, look at Fer- uh, Alex Ferguson. You know, he wouldn't just say, like, let's say when he was coaching Ronaldo or, you know, all those good players that he used to have, you wouldn't just say, oh, there's Ronnie on the ball. You know, you wouldn't <laughs> say that. You'll say, like, Cristiano Ronaldo's, you know, is a talented player. You know, he made trouble, mistakes, whatever. But the thing is, with, with Oli, he wouldn't really outline mistakes or weaknesses I, I know you'll bring up something where you'll say yeah we did something wrong with this 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 but the thing is you have to be more open and you need to be more precise with your your fans with your players with everyone especially as a team you know you should be able to prove a point to them to say listen you're doing this wrong let's fix it and the thing is they have a good defense you know yep. Maguire Juan Basaka just joined and the thing is I think maybe one more player for the defense like um, they can spice it up and maybe even win the league Win the league. Who, okay, if you had three signings, Shane, who would you who would you sign to what, save for United? For, for United to save United, they yeah. they need an absolute striker, an okay. out and out striker. And I'm not talking about a, a quick little nimble guy. They need someone big like Lukaku, like a Harry Kane. When yeah. I say big, they're tall in stature. They physically they're strong. Um, yeah, I can't even think of offhand any striker that I would take. They're possibly Cavani. Yeah, he could sure. be a good fit. He could be good. Absolutely. They they need a central midfielder just to free up Pogba a little bit because he, he tends to play better when he's got uh, protection behind him yeah. and more mature players. So they need definitely a good engine in their central midfielder and definitely a left back because yeah. Ashley Young 
cannot play left back, right yeah. back. He, he can't even play on the bench anymore. He can't even play FIFA properly. He's a disaster waiting to happen. I think so as well. And they've rewarded him with a new contract. What? And Phil Jones, I think. And Phil Jones. But Phil Jones is good for one thing, and those are the faces he pulls. That's beautiful. But enough about Phil He's Jones. <laughs> Who would you add as your three signs for I United? Think, okay, obviously, I know, I know what you said about Young, but the thing is with Young, you can obviously just... You can play through at the back as well. Like if you look at Wambasaka, Maguire, mm. and then bringing the likes of Koulibaly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is with him, he attacks, he, he defends, he does everything. He can even score. He's at Napoli, right? Yeah, he's at okay, Napoli, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, like, Koulibaly could be the main centre even to overtake Van Dijk. I know that might be a big, you know, mm. statement, mm. but if you look at Koulibaly, he's been performing over the years and he's not as recognised as... He's got bags of potential. For sure. And the thing is, I also think another signing would be Tony Cruz from Real Madrid yeah. for Man United because they do have that slow tempo in a way, but at the same time, they need those passes up front. And I think Pogba is good for that, but at the same time, he doesn't really release the ball as often. He wants to dribble, dribble, dribble. Meanwhile, Cruz is on the spot. You know, he plays like the young lady, but yeah. much slower. Do you, I mean. do you think another German would do well? Because they had a previous one in... Um Bastian Schweinsteiger and that didn't really yeah, work Yeah, no, that didn't all. work. No. But he's I a think, bit older as well. I also think the league that he played in, you know, if you mm. look at Bayern Munich's league, the German league, Bundesliga, as a whole, you know, it's like nearly like the French league. They don't have really much competition besides Dortmund and Leipzig. You know, the thing is, it's it's little teams where you look at the Premier League, every team dominates, you yeah, know. it's competitive. Especially, I, I wouldn't say Serie A is on the same level, but if you look at Serie A, like, you know, they say that they didn't score much goals, but they're actually one of the highest scoring leagues you can get and the thing exactly. is the defence and the, the gameplay everything's hard like look at Salah Salah struggled at Roma you know yeah. or whatever True. team in Italia if I get it right the thing is to switch over to Liverpool he's a superstar in Liverpool if you know what I mean Yeah. and he did work hard per se but I'm just saying and the thing is with Koulibaly to make that switch I think it'll be even better in a Prem Okay. And I'm not trying to say Premier is a bad league. It's the best league in the world. Personally. But he could thrive in that kind of environment. For sure. That's the thing. Exactly. And I think my, my third signing, I'll actually get, you know, maybe even get a, a solid Foss striker like um, a German, another German. <laughs> but I think, yeah. I don't know if you know Timo Werner. I was just about to say that actually because I've For heard sure. his name being mentioned recently about that. I think so as well. Also and even on FIFA last year, I was like, you know, I did take over Man United, even though I'm a Manchester City fan. <laughs> but the thing is, I had to take them over <laughs> just to get some, equal, you know, to make it equal. But the thing is, Timo Werner is quick, he scores, he's there, he's on target, you know what I mean? He's He, he looks like a Man United player, Yeah. if you know what I mean. He looks like that strong guy, you, if you see him like, walk past there by the camera in the, in the yeah. Champions League, you'll see his face, you know what I mean, for yeah, Man United. Yeah, he's And Man United need, uh, not a, not really a fast striker like you said, but... You, you need to be that pinpoint striker. Yeah. Rashford, Rashford's more of a, a winger. Yeah, he plays on the left. I mean, look how nicely he did for England the game playing off the left. Exactly. Yeah, to put him up front is such a waste. And I think he's burnt out himself as well. Or when for I sure. say him, I mean the club has burnt him out by constantly playing him. They didn't have any other options. But Daniel James, what that a player. amazing. What a player. I mean, it kills me to say, but he looks a damn good bar for he United. Is. And he's still so young. That's a steal. I would say it was a steal what they put him for. Yeah, but you know what makes me wonder is why was no one scouting him or we never heard clubs fighting out for his signature. It was sure. only United, United and boom, <laughs> they got him. But I think if I'm not mistaken, he's a United uh, fan as well. Yeah. So that possibly played a big I also think Ryan Giggs also played a big, you know, because he's from Europe right. as well. You're right. And actually. I think that's what maybe straight away, you know, he's like, okay, I'm joining Man United. I want to be a next Giggs. But I also think that Daniel James will be a lot of a lot of goals, a lot of assists, a lot of everything. He's, he's, a, he's a very talented player. As well as, uh, what's his name, Greenwood. Also plays strong. Greenwood as yeah. well, yeah. He's been doing a good job for United. I mean, he needs more experienced players. 
Exactly. Um, you know, I was listening to Sky Sports the other day, and they made a very good point that during their class of '92, when they had all you know Beckham and all these guys coming through, they were youngsters yeah. in the team. They no, they were. were. They were nobodies. The difference to now with the youngsters United have got is that back then United had a spine of older, experienced players to, that took yeah. them and grew them and nurtured, and nurtured sure. them. Now, like I said, they've got Ashley Young. <laughs> you know, is this the guy that's going to exactly. solidify and make these guys better players? I don't know. Look, I'm very hypercritical. On but it's also up Ashley to the listeners as well, to what they have to say as well, you know, yeah. what they should do to Man United as a whole. If you guys have three signings, who would you choose, you know? And the thing is, like Shane said, you know, we need, they need that solid guy up front. They need the, you know, solid left back, you know, because I don't think Young or or ever perform like he did in those days. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Considering he was a winger. And now he's playing left back, but yeah, exactly. I suppose um, that's that's how United are. So, like Ashton said, give us your three signings. Let's debate about it in our next podcast. Then, um, so yeah, guys, thank you very much for tuning into our first episode. To make the show successful, guys, we're gonna need your feedback. So please pop us a message with any suggestions or topics that you want us to chat about, and we look forward to hearing from you guys. For sure, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers.